You ready, Jimbo? Yes. <clears throat> Stories like long lost friends, rodeos and late night bends, history before our time, round pens and pasture rides, cowboys of the Osage. Woo, Jimbo! That I, I can't, I still can't get over that song. Every time no, I hear it, that gives me the big head every time I hear it. Lane, Lane did a, such a good job writing that. Yep. Props out to Lane. Good job, Lane. Lane Cosby. He's the author and writer and singer and producer of that song right there. Yep. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Cowboys of the Osage podcast, brought to you by the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum, located in historic downtown Pahuska, Oklahoma. Hey, it's O Cody over here, and as always, I have. My co-host with me, Mr. Rodeo Historian himself, Mr. Jimbo Snively. Hey, Jimbo, good to see you. Who do we have today? Hey, Cody boy, it's just another great day in the Osage, man. And Cody, coming to us all, all the way from Oakdale, California, we got the great Ace Berry with us today. Ace is a 20 times national finalist, 14 in the team roping, 6 in the bareback riding. He's the only man to win the average twice in a rough stock event and twice in a team uh, timed event. He did it in bareback riding and team rope. And one year he did it the same year. How about that? Unbelievable. Very unbelievable. I've never heard of such a thing, no, Jimbo. No, well, it's never happened before. That's why he's yeah. the only man that's ever done it. I thought you were lying to me when you told no, me about it. No, And uh, he's in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, Colorado Springs, the Cowboy Hall of Fame down in Oklahoma City, uh, the Oakdale Sports Hall of Fame, probably three or four more that I don't even know about. But anyway, we're just really happy to have him join us today. And Ace, welcome to the Cowboys, the Osage podcast. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad, glad you're having me. Hey, there might be a little background uh, noise today. We're coming to you from the lobby today by our new exhibit with all these, uh, these great artists here, Jimbo. So okay. well, I thought it'd be fun just sitting here today. A little yes. different change of pace. Yes, that'll work. Ace, a lot of people don't know it, but you were born... And uh, spent a part of your childhood just a few miles east of where we're sitting over there here at uh, Barsville, Oklahoma, right? Yes, I was born in Barsville, and uh, we lived in Dewey. Um, my father was a foreman of the Tyler Brent Ranch there in Dewey. And uh, that was just before uh, we left it, left out of there when I was five years old. And my, my dad came out here to California to run a, a little ranch for Ben Johnson. Right. Him and him and Ben kind of grew up and cowboyed together back there. Right. And when uh, when Ben got, got out here and, and uh, got to getting bit parts in the movies and stuff, and he uh, he had this little ranch out here, and so that's that's how we got here. And been here ever since. I, I did spend four and a half years here not long ago, back in Oklahoma again, but. But uh, that didn't last long. I came right back to the old ranch I've been at for 60 years. <laughs> you probably didn't like our weather. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can still remember there in, in Dewey, we'd go in the, 
a dang dirt cellar when the tornadoes had come by. <laughs> hey, Ace, did you ever have the chance to go to the Dewey Roundup when you were a kid? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, my grandfather was there and participated in it. I think my dad did. They participated in it a time or two. What do you know about that rodeo, Jimbo? Well, it was at one time one of the biggest rodeos in the United States. You know, they'd truck them in here or train them in, in here on a train from Kansas City and all over. It really attracted all the big uh, rodeo stars, and it was really a well-known rodeo. Called it the Dewey Roundup, and then they had the bleachers. They had a bad accident. The bleachers caved in part of it and hurt some people real bad, and I don't think they ever recovered from that, and that was it. It was a famous rodeo, oh, that's very for sure. famous, very famous. Ace, I guess, moving to California, the, it's just natural to turn into a team roper. Well, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's where it all started out here, really. Uh, dally roping, anyway. Uh, team tying was back in Arizona and New Mexico, but uh, everybody team roped out here, and they still do, but... Uh, now they do it everywhere, and they do a really good job at it. <laughs> they're getting pretty good at it, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. And there's not only thousands of good ones now, there's 2,000 more coming up. Yeah. <laughs> be pretty hard to make a living nowadays at it. Yeah. Hey, Ace, a lot of people don't know the origins of team roping. You mentioned team tying. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of team ropers that probably don't even know anything about a team tying. Um, can you uh, explain to everybody what what exactly team tying was? Well, team tying, the, the rope was uh, tied to the saddle horn, and the heater uh, would come in and heal the steer and turn his horse uh, sideways and lay the steer down, and the header would jump off his horse and run down there, and, and, and they had a tie string, and they had to tie a square knot around the, the two back legs. And it was in, they had it in the finals there for a few years, and uh, it was half and half. You'd tie one one down one day and dally the next day. Would the healer be tied on solid there, Ace? The healer and the the team tying, yeah. Both the header and healer both were tied on. Something I've been wondering about the team tying event. What if you only caught one leg? Was there any kind of penalty for that? No. It just took longer on your run. Well, it didn't really, if you knew what you were doing, it didn't take much longer if you knew how to lay the steer down. Because all it did was make, if you had one leg, it made the steer harder to tie uh, because one leg was loose. Yes, sir. So what you did was when your, when your header got there to tie the steer, you just give a little bit of slack to enough where the leg would come back where it was even with the other one. And then it, would, it was pretty simple. But you couldn't give them too much slack, or they get up on you. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the sport of steer roping. You know, until the early '80s, I think there was um, actually two legal head catches in the steer roping. You could have a front leg in it. Was a front leg ever legal in the head loop and team roping? Yeah, it's always been illegal. It, it was always yeah. been illegal. Yes. Okay. Because yes. I knew there for a while, Jimbo, front leg in a steer roping loop was perfectly legal. Well, it was the best hold you could get. Yeah. And the easiest on the cattle. I mean, you. Know, but, but, uh, yeah, you know the most of, most of the time when I was rodeoing, uh, they they only had team roping out here in the 
Arizona and New Mexico and California. And they never made it a, a standard event until 1990. So, yeah, and when we did, they, they only had half the prize money, like at the finals and that stuff. It was made it pretty hard, you know, sure. to compete for half the money, but we were so happy to get to, to do it. <laughs> but now, you know, it, they have it everywhere, and it's equal money, so these guys are got it pretty good now. Right. Who helped you get started team open? Was it your dad? Oh, yeah. I, kinda, I grew up with a rope in my hand, and, and my dad, he was a calf roper. And when he got out here, and he started being a team roper like everybody else, and we roped and roped and roped, and <laughs> yeah. And then the John Miller, uh, being the nephew, when he got out of out of school, high school, he came out here to go to junior college and live on that ranch with us. And that's how I got to roping with John Miller. He was. He was 18, and I was 13, and uh, they entered us at Salinas here, and Salinas at the time was the biggest team roping in the world, rodeo. Still one of the, the most prestigious, I would have to say. It is, yes, but it, it's all it's changed uh, in the fact that the arena's smaller, the score's shorter, and they have rubber on the saddle horn nowadays. When, when we started out there, there they wouldn't allow rubber on the saddle horn. It was all cotton, and it was a forty-foot score, and the cattle were fresh, never been rolled before. So it was there was one hundred and sixty-seven teams entered in it, <laughs> and uh, me and John won the first go round. <laughs> Thirteen years and, old. Uh, yeah. I remember him talking about yep. those slick saddle horns out there. That was kind of wild, I'll bet, wasn't it? Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> that cotton, if you knew how to wrap your saddle horn, uh, it, it wasn't all that bad. You had to get really a good hold of it, and the, the trick was not to let it slip. If it ever slipped right. with the cotton, you couldn't stop it. Right. It just run and run and run. Yeah, you'd you'd see a lot of a lot of ropes snapping off the horn and a few a few fingers going in there. I, <laughs> I heard one time, and you can tell me if this is true or not. But they had a a board or something out there where people would put their fingers. Is that true? <laughs> no, I never heard that. Okay, one. <laughs> okay, that's another one of them urban legends. Did you ever put rosin on that cotton? Uh, I've seen people do it. I didn't do it. Just kind of, just kind of wrapped it a little looser, you know, and uh, where it could get in there and, and, and kind of make a groove, you know. Yes, sir. A couple yeah. more things on that team tying. <clears throat> Did those steers have to stay tied for any certain amount of time? No, they just just had to get the square knot on them, throw their hands up, and that was it. What if they kick loose before the judge could verify it was a square knot? Well, I never. Never seen one do it. Uh, the head of the flaggers was always right there, you know. And as soon as they, as soon as they slapped their hands together, that was it. What kind of strings would they use? Oh, it was, it was like a little uh, three eighths string, about six foot long. Was it cotton? No, no, they were nylon. What kind of ropes were you guys using? 
Oh my God! Them those days, the nylon ropes. They only had one kind of it, the seven sixteenth, and they were this big, heavy old thing. They look today. They look like a well rope compared to what they use now. <laughs> How long would one of them buggers last you? Oh, back to old Plymouth ropes. You know, they they uh, they'd come in a big coil and. Uh, you just measured off how long you wanted it and, and tie it up, and Christ, it last you all year. <laughs> yeah, the, the guys had all all kinds of ways of curing them, they called it. They'd leave them out in the sun and make them in the oven. And I've seen them do a lot of things to them. But once you got one where it felt good, it, it'd stay good. But you had to you had to have a like a wet gunny sack or something when she was in a rope and during the day and it was hot and put them in there so it'd stay cool or otherwise they'd crawl away from you. <laughs> yeah, I've seen my grandpa put them in an oven before and uh, yeah, then they yeah. stretch them to a tree with a car and just stretch all, I don't know how many feet of stretch you'd get out of one but you wasn't going to Oh, like yeah. Yeah. yeah they, if you just stretch them that's what I used to do. You just almost till you burn the, the rubber off the tires on your yeah, pickup. Yeah, you couldn't break them. You know, you just have them. And you then just and then just uh, slam on the brakes and let it leave it set for a while. Yeah, that's the way them steer rovers used to do it too. Uh, what were you guys traveling around in in those days with your horse? Well, most uh, most guys had a, a pickup and a two horse trailer, or I had a, a car and a one horse trailer, and uh, eventually got a, a two horse trailer. But we pulled a lot of guys pulled them with a car. They they had no living quarter trailers like they do now, and uh, well, yeah, you know, get, get to town and get a motel if you're going to be there very long, or would you camp out at the rodeo grounds? What'd you do, Ace? Oh no, we all we all got a motel. Yeah. Would they? Would you have to tell them you only had two people in there, but you might have had six people in there? <laughs> I've seen it a few times. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> I always had to do that growing up. Seems like my mom and dad were like, "Now you hide," you know. Yeah, yeah. Split the mattress or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ace, who are you? Roping, who are you roping with that first year you, when you were just fifteen years old and you went to the finals? I was roping with a guy named Bud Corwin. He was a calf roper out here, and. Uh, he had a one-eyed head horse, and <laughs> he'd uh, he'd almost half head every steer he turned for me because he he threw that calf loop at him, you know. <laughs> and and his head horse was when he turned off, he'd kind of run sideways because he only had one eye, and I had a really <laughs> a really strong heel horse. And boy, when that head horse got to listening for my slack, when he'd hear that slack slam. Yeah, he'd he'd already be faced. He wouldn't hit the end of it too hard, and we'd get some awful good flags. I would. We won about five or six rodeos in a row that year. Huh. <laughs> well, that was quite an experience for a fifteen-year-old kid. You must have been on cloud nine, weren't you? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I I read that that rodeo sports news and knew everybody. And, name and every bucket of horse in there and everything else you know when i got down there i actually got to see them it was pretty awesome right right you know because all i did all i did was just rodeo out of here in arizona right if, until i got 
got to riding in bucking horses, and then I went back to all the big rodeos. You got to see all the guys you'd been reading about on, on in the rodeo news, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. But it, it was a while later. It took me a while to Settle down. learn how to ride them bucking horses and all a lot of sod busters. <laughs> yeah. What was it like at that rodeo at Los Angeles that that, that year? I'll tell you what, it, it was kind of ridiculous uh, as far as the fans. You could have shot a double barrel shotgun off of there and you wouldn't hit two people. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Down there, it was just, it wasn't a, a, a rodeo town, you know? Right, right. Wonder why they even wanted to have it out there. What they're thinking about. Uh, I don't know. You know, they used to have a at that Los Angeles Coliseum. Uh, before I got to rodeo, and they had a rodeo like a one day rodeo there, and it was put on by the, I think it was put on by the police or the sheriff's department, and they they sold that thing out, but the, it was uh, produced by the, the the law in town, so he, they made everybody buy tickets, I think, because <laughs> <laughs> they sure didn't come to the national finals. I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I got I got pictures and you can't can't believe there's hardly anybody in the grandstand. Yeah. What kind of cattle were you all roping? Oh, back in that day, I mean they we always roped like seven hundred pounders. And uh old Todd and Rosser and them guys out here, they'd bulldog them for a year or two, and then when they got too big, <laughs> they'd put them in the team roping. And by that time, you, you had to, the score. You had to wait till their horns got out of the out of the chute before you could do anything. Uh, I mean, they'd have to turn their heads sideways almost to get out of the roping chute with big old horns. And, yeah, it was a lot different nowadays. They roped a little deer. <laughs> yeah. Were there any big jackpot uh, team ropings back in California? You know, we have a lot of big jackpots back this way. Steer ropings and team ropings and calf ropings. Is there some stuff that ever transpired back? Oh back yeah, west? the 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 biggest one in the world used to be right here at Oakdale, the Oakdale ten steer, and uh, then they had another eight steer down at Chowchilla that was a big one, and then in uh, Las Vegas they had a an eight steer there that was a, a big one. Hmm. Yeah, how far would and they then, score them cattle over there at that at that Oakdale roping? Oh, they scored them like 25, 30 feet, uh, feet out there, yeah. Yeah, and those, but the cattle would be big and fresh, you know. But uh, it, it's all changed now. <laughs> Let's talk about Oakdale just a minute. Uh, H, that, that was kind of almost the rodeo capital of the world at one time, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was an old guy named John Bowman that lived here. Uh, and he was a, a world champion steer roper and everything. Uh, and he had some relatives from Oklahoma. Uh, you, you've heard of the Bowmans back oh, yeah, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he lived here and uh, he started bringing rodeo cowboys to Oakdale and staying at his place. And uh, back in that day, I mean, Oakdale was kind of the cattle capital of the world around here. And, uh, it was all uh, cattle country then, and and the guys would come out here in, in the spring, and they could day work at these ranches, and then rodeo on the weekends around here, and that that's kind of what got everybody coming in here, and then the team roping really got big here, 
And uh, but now uh, it's all changed. They came in here, the farmers, and and planted uh, almond trees and uh, walnut trees and plowed up all the ground, and they're pumping the the groundwater out about 2,000 gallons a minute to water those orchards, and they're going to end up paying for it one of these days soon because the wells are starting to drop and one thing or another, and it's uh, most of the cowboys that... uh, Moved to Stephenville, rodeo cowboys. Anyway, right. But uh, there's still some some big, uh, really really nice cattle ranches here uh, where I live. It's 15 miles up in the hills out of Oakdale, and uh, where it's it's there's too many tree, uh, oak trees and hills are too steep, you know, for all that orchard business. So there's still some really good ranches, cattle ranches here. How far are you from the ocean? From the ocean? Yeah. Uh, it's about 100 miles over there. Okay. Yeah. You can, you can find, you can go to the, to the mountains of the snow, or you can go to the ocean, and, or down to the desert, or up north. About an hour, any way you want to go is a different country. <laughs> oh. Yeah, California got the prettiest country in the world, you know, like that, and the prettiest climate, and just all that. It's just... Got too many people for me. There's way too many people. There's way too many people. You know, one of my guys on my top five list for, uh, of ropers, Jimbo, California guy, Kyle Lockett, one of the best pure ropers I've ever seen. God, that guy can rope just about anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Who, who are some of your partners you had all those years? Did you stick with one, or did you have a lot of different ones, Ace? Oh, hell, I think I, I – think, I didn't realize it, but in 14 years, I think I had eight different partners. <laughs> yeah, well, at the at the finals, yeah. But I won I won most of most of my money with uh, Bucky Bradford and John Miller. Yeah, I roped I roped uh, with John Miller the two at the finals the two years he won his world championships. Right, right. And the next year we won the average at the finals. If so, uh, if the if the if the team roping is like it is now, would you have been the Healing World Champion that year? Uh, you know, I could have been. I'd really, really, uh, yeah. They just they just gave one championship away. They didn't do a header and healer back then. No, I don't think they even did a header and healer till like sometime in the nineties, Jimbo. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, but. Uh, it always surprised me they after they did declare a header and a healer if they did have the records why did they didn't go back and uh, make it right. name yeah a champion on both ends why not right yeah what made yeah. you what made you and John so tough Ace just roped together well a lot, uh, like or? yeah we I mean when we were kids there we roped uh, we roped together a lot and uh, you know he he knew. What I liked, and I, I knew what he was going to do. So that's that's what you got to have. <laughs> Probably had good horses too, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was trained a lot of horses. Yeah, and and uh, but anyway, yeah. How big was y'all's arena where y'all practiced, and what was a typical practice session like back then, Ace? <clears throat> you know, we had a we had a huge arena. <clears throat> It was almost like a pasture plowed up, and 
we we roped it whatever we we could afford to buy. We roped whole speeds, muleys, and uh, horn steers, just whatever, just, just something to rope. That's all we all we cared. And uh, John, you know, gosh, he 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 was the best hound cattle better than than anybody in my book. I've always said if a guy couldn't heal. He was stare behind John Miller. You better go look for a job. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Was he the one that had the? Was it a blue whore? I mean, they call him Blue or something. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that that horse came. Uh, the guy uh, owned a racetrack down there in Southern California, and that colt. Uh, I think it was a silver cord colt. Uh, anyway, he had a broken shoulder. It been bought him. And then, and then that colt healed up just fine. And when he was like a three-year-old, he sent him up here to my dad. And so we pretty much trained him there. And then when John got out here, uh, he rode him, and, and my dad both rode him. And that horse has had a ton of money worn on him. I'll tell you what, he was a good one. I read somewhere where he got stolen once or something, didn't he? Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, but John took him, John went down to Cal Poly uh, to go to college down there, and he took that horse with him. And just before he went down there, we'd my dad had branded him with a freeze brand, and that was when they first came out with a freeze brand. Yeah. And that, that horse was a set of an iron-blue-colored uh, horse, and he kept turning grayer and grayer, you know, all the time. Yeah, and it got where you couldn't hardly see that brand at all. But anyway, they they stole him down there at Cal Poly, and lo and behold, two or three days later, uh, the brand brand inspector caught him, and they was running him through a sale up up north in California here, where they sold a lot of chicken horses back in the day. Yeah, and uh, he, he, luckily he saw that. What's a chicken horse? <laughs> the ones they sell for dog food and all that stuff. I got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. He luckily, you know, yeah. the brand inspector saw that freeze brand and got him back. Oh man, Boy, that, that'd have been something, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, yeah. John, he had it on him, and I healed on him, and Daryl Camarillo healed on him, and. He he'd go any way he wanted to go. He was a good one. Were you around Leo Camarillo a bunch? Oh yeah, we was we kind of started out in junior rodeo at the same time. Gerald and Leo and me were all the same age. Leo was a year older. Well, that sounds like a tough junior rodeo. Yeah, bunch. So. Chase Barry, Leo Camarillo, Gerald Camarillo. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I was I was a, you I better heard, rope good. Yeah. I yeah uh, I was in the in the PRCA uh, uh, six years before they joined. Yeah. What was it like to make the finals in in Oklahoma City? What was the atmosphere like? How well, early did atmosphere? you have to get there? Did you did you run the stairs through a week ahead of time? I don't know what it, what was it oh, like no. to do the the finals in Oklahoma City. Oh no, they they just ran them through you know for like a day before they started and. And that was about it. Yeah, it was just, it was a lot, I, I say late, more laid back, uh, old-timer rodeo. I mean, the Cowboys are contestants to get out, you know, alongside the fence and the, inside the arena and 
cheering one another on and stuff, and you you can't do that nowadays. They'll find you. <laughs> you don't get out of the arena in a certain amount of time after you, after you compete. You know, it was just just more laid back back in that day. I mean, it's uh, the whole the whole atmosphere has changed so much because there's so much money and it, it's a big. Uh, big business now, you know, it was all the sponsors and corporations in there and everything. It, uh, I don't know. I'm just old school. I like it the old way better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just wondering what it was like there. What, where did everybody, what did everybody do after the rodeo? Did they just go home and go to bed then or? Oh, hell no. Because you know they got Las Vegas now, so I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, everybody, you know, go have a good time and one thing or another. But uh, what what used to get me is uh, there was uh, always a few cowboys that that couldn't even ride a saddle horse. (laughs) And the guys are in that. In the grand entry, they'd get excused because they couldn't ride a saddle horse. <laughs> they still have one fall off every once in a while now, you know. Oh, I know it. Yeah, out, out in yeah. Vegas. Yeah, that that's what yeah. amazes me so much about this guy, Jimbo. Is you know, I, I'm not even saying anything bad about bareback riders, but a lot of times, you know, they can't swing a horse and swing a rope and ride their horse at the same time. You know, right. they're uh, definitely <laughs> dedicated to the bareback riding. Right end of the rodeo so it's uh it's just so strange that a guy could make the finals bareback riding team roping and win the average in both events same year twice it was the same year and then twice it seemed like it was normal to him though because phil line did it the same year yeah the bull riding calf roping yeah yes he did yeah and there's a funny story about that too uh you want to hear it yeah (laughs) Yeah, absolutely (laughs) yeah the I did it first, you know, because my events were first. Right. And uh, anyway, so Phil Line, he won the calf roping, and then the bull riding was the last event. And he rode his bull, and Mel Lambert was a was an announcer, and he uh, he said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Phil Line is, just became the first man to ever win a ride in a timed event. Two events at the National Finals. And they had him walk out there in, or in the arena, and they gave him a standing ovation. And C.R. Boucher was standing there in front of the, the fucking shoots by the announcer stand. And he said, well, Ace Berry's already done it. <laughs> and, they got to, and, the, and, and old Mel Lambert said, oh, Ace Berry did it, too. That was it. <laughs> How close did you come to winning the all-around championship? Well, I, I never came close. Maybe... Uh, Maybe six or so, because like I told you to start with, uh, the team roping was only at a few rodeos. They didn't, they didn't have uh, all the big rodeos. They didn't have team roping in those days. So I just rode the bareback courses, and I only got to have my second event out here in California and Arizona. Did you, and, did you ever tie any steers down? I entered it once at Pendleton, and. Uh, it was pretty ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to clear yeah. something up right off the bat uh, about your bareback riding. There's an urban legend floating around here that uh, Buck Rutherford helped you get on your first bareback horse. Is there any truth? No, to that? 
No, there's no truth at all. It was supposed to even been a mule or something. I can't remember. It was a, it was a strange yeah, story. Yeah, I've read that story some places before, but no, there's no, nothing true about it. Well, who did help you? <laughs> who who did help you with your riding ace? Well, when I first started, Sonny Turman. Yeah, world champion, bareback rider, wasn't he? he, he yes, sir. Yeah, he was all around cowboy too. Yeah. Oh, he but, was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he 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 didn't he didn't win all around, but I mean he he oh, yeah, right, right. There, he could do more every yeah. all kinds of events and yeah 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 he he got me started and did he come and, down there to Oakdale? Is that where you got with him? Or? Yeah, he he lived here in Oakdale. Okay, yeah he he was was from Oregon and then he moved down here to Oakdale and cowboyed on these ranches and stuff around here and and once I got. Got going a, a few years and got where I could ride one. Uh, Jim Houston, uh, you know who he is. Yeah, he sure. was a two, two, two-time world champion, and he 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 made riggings. He had a shop down in Burke Burnett, Texas. He he picked me up and and uh, made me a rigging, and and he hauled me and entered me for half and sponsored me at, at those big winter rodeos down there. And uh, one year, and he's the one that really got me, got me going. Yeah, I read somewhere that you only went the most rodeos you ever went to was like sixty-five or something. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was always coming home to the ranch here. Yeah, uh, and, and you could uh, rodeo. You could go team roping there on the weekends, couldn't you? From the ranch, probably there in well, California. Well, yeah, I could rodeo. You know, one time California had more rodeos than Texas did. Oh yeah, so you could you could ride Bronx and team rope pretty good out of California. Yeah, and stay right here and, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go to all those big winter rodeos, and usually by spring, uh, I'd pretty much have the have the finals almost made, you know. Right. And then I'd just come home and stay home here and 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 work at the ranch and go on the weekends here in California, work two events here. What kind of equipment did you have in the bareback riding back then, Ace? <laughs> it's a lot different than they got now, I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> we had we had to hang on and ride the horse, you know. Nowadays nowadays they just kinda of ride the rigging, you know. There's 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 some bind in there and they got braces all over and even wearing mouthpiece, I <laughs> see. <laughs> Did you yeah, ever wear we any, any kind of protective vest or anything like that? Oh heck no, 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 no. We we didn't have none of that stuff. Well, they they we just, they put their hand in that thing. Now I don't. Even, they can't hardly get out of it. Ace, did you do that? Oh heck no, uh, they wouldn't let you. I, uh, they even had real strict rules on that uh, handhold business and the gloves. When you when you put your hand in the rigging, you couldn't have any kind of a wrinkle in your glove at all. Now they sew a piece the inside of it, and I mean they're just they're just wedged in there. Oh, it, it, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, old Sonny Terman. <laughs> excuse my language, but when I first started, he he said, "Don't tie your ass on something you can't ride." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ace, you said uh, yeah. that. That first guy used to haul you around and enter you for half. I was reading or listening to a book here a while back, and it seems like it, it might have been common practice back then for kind of a veteran rodeo guy to 
put a younger guy under his wing and enter him and, and uh, take some of his money that way, but show him the ropes on top of yeah, it. Was, yeah, that, was it, that common it, practice back then? It, it was pretty common, yeah. You know, say they saw somebody that showed a little potential and, and uh, you know, they, they liked them. They, they, they do exactly that. And it sure helped a lot of people. Well, yeah, it helped the, helped the guys get down the road, too, and enter the next rodeo. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And back then, the, the judging was a little different, too. Y- you know, you kind of had to earn your way. They didn't just you didn't just go out there and they give you a bunch of points like they do nowadays. You kind of had to make Back a name to, name for yourself, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And you, you didn't you didn't you didn't see them, those big scores like they hell they they give them eighty point rides away like Christmas cards nowadays. You know, yeah. heck, uh, but I've seen the score uh, system change a couple of times in my career. You know. And uh, but did, it, it's it, what it is. How did it change, Ace? They changed it by uh, the the numbers that they used. You know, uh, for the rider and for the horse, they they had a different uh, number system. I see. And yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, it it's changed so much. It's it's pretty. I will say one thing about the bareback riding and the bronc riding. Uh, they they have more uh, good horses that you can win on right. uh, they than they did back in the day uh, simply because they have uh, all these breeding programs nowadays and uh, the the rank ones back in the old days were just as rank as the rank ones nowadays but there just wasn't as many of them right right and uh, yeah and and the bull riding my god they they bull they got that breeding program on those bulls. Unbelievable. Yeah, we did it one They're, with Matt Austin the other day, and he said they're breeding them bulls. They need to start breeding better cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand it, but uh, I, I never was much of a bull riding fan anyway. I, didn't, I yeah. never, I never dreamed of staying a cowboy riding a bull out across the pasture to go do a day's work. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a, we have a motto here. To, on the podcast, that when they get too big to ride or get too big to rope, we eat them. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We don't, we don't <laughs> think about riding them. Did yeah. you ever get to be around Casey Tibbs much? You know, I was around uh, Casey. Uh, he was already uh, uh, retired, but he he would come around a, a few of uh, Andy Riggy's rodeos down a stock contractor down in Southern California and he had a little saddle bone course called Tony Cake and he was just a, a, so nice a little horse he did jump kick and make a little circle around in front of the chutes and, and old Casey would do an exhibition on him just spur the hell out of him and jerk his hat off and fan him and everything <laughs> <laughs> and, then he'd stay, and then he'd step off and pull him around with a bronc rein and hand it to the pickup man <laughs> He was a character, that guy. Yeah, he was a showman too, wasn't he? I mean, yes, he was. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. get to see his big purple Cadillac? No, I didn't. No, I was way after that. <laughs> I heard a lot of stories about it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, what uh, did you judge the first bareback riding 
at the first NFR in Vegas? I did. The first year they had it there, I judged the bareback ride, and then the second year I flagged the team up. Well, it's amazing. That's pretty amazing. Well, it's... That's a that's a perfect job, you know. It's it's not fun, I'll guarantee you. <laughs> what do you what do you think of the rodeo at Vegas? Uh, oh, you can see. I mean, it was with the money and and what was coming along. You can see where it was going to be. Uh, you know, it just kept getting bigger and bigger, and there's no telling where it's going to stop. You know, if it does, but. Uh, it was outstanding to have it there, and they fill that grandstand up every night. You know, I mean, it's in a small arena like that where everybody's kind of right on top of the action, you know. And, and uh, it, it's, it was great, but I still, I still like the old Oklahoma City one. Yeah. That, that was that was a fun one. You that was a cowboy. You now that was a. That was a cowboy rodeo there, and as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the Cowboys did run uh, the national final. That was their rodeo. They they picked their own judges, they picked their pickup man, they they picked everything, gave them the whole the whole nine yards. And after I judged the eighty five there in excuse me in Vegas. The guy, director of the, of the PRCA judge, and says this is the last year uh, that the Cowboys are going to get to pick their judges. Uh, I take that back. No, it was '86. He said this is the last year that the Cowboys get to pick their judges. Uh, I, I forget who was Winston or one of them was was sponsoring the judging program, and they they said if they didn't use all of their judges at the finals, they was going to pull out. So that was the end of the Cowboys making making whoever they want, you know. And it, uh, in my in my opinion, which doesn't count for much, but those those pro officials are, are they're good they're good officials, but they they judge too much, and they get people categorized in their mind uh, and the horses, you know. And, but like with the finals. Uh, when they got to pick their judges, they could pick somebody that hadn't been to a rodeo or didn't know any of the horses, you know. They just just mark down what they see. And, and I thought it was better that way. Right, right. Because they, they weren't opinionated before they got there, you know. Right, right. They, they see a draw, and they'd say, well, there's real. That's probably first, second, third right there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I never knew how a judge could keep from subconsciously favoring a champion or something. I mean, that's something you just have trouble. You'd have to guard against all the time, you know, uh, having mm-hmm. that in the back of your mind. And that's a tough job, like you said. Oh, yeah, it is. It's very thankless job. Well, yeah. I can only imagine how tough it is to judge the team roping out there, Jimbo. Stuff's happening so fast. Things happen there that don't happen anywhere. There's a lot at stake. What's it like to judge the team roping out there, Ace? Well, you just you gotta take control right away. I mean, when I judged the finals or flagged the finals back there, I called all the healers in into the the locker room, and I explained to them 
what I what I considered a crossfire. And I said, there's no gray line. It's either right or wrong. And and don't don't try me because I'm the one that invented it. <laughs> 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 and I said, uh, you know, if, if you don't if you don't think I won't flag you out, just try me. And nobody yeah. nobody did. <laughs> yeah. Was you ever around Buddy Lytle much? Buddy Lytle, uh, yes, he was. He was a judge there at the finals. Uh, one of the years I was a really, really good judge, and a good flagger, and a good guy. A really good guy. For some reason, I always got stuck to. I was talking to him when I was growing up all the time. Uh, he'd come around. He, he, me and him had a lot of conversations. Yeah. Me and Buddy Lytle, uh-huh. and I'd ask him about this or that on the steer roping rules. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, yeah, he just explained them right to me. Yeah, he he was an excellent judge. Going yeah. going back to 1972 for a minute, Ace, uh, that was the last year they had uh, team tying at Oklahoma City or at the finals, and I think you won that last. You and I guess Johnny Miller won that last go around in the team tying that they ever had. Yes, we did. Yes. Did you hate to see it go? You think that was a mistake, or you wish they were still doing half of them team tying? Or well. Uh, I enjoyed doing it, but I don't know if it looked that great to the audience, you know? Right. Uh, and I think nowadays uh, they, they're they going to have to really, really clean up the calf roping. Yeah. Or roping these little, little bitty calves, it's pathetic, in my opinion. And I've seen the steer roping, like Cheyenne and that, and them poor little weak steers with their hip bones sticking up and their oh. backbones and them. I mean, there's nobody likes to see that. It's not a good thing. And, and no, and the the way the Humane Society is out here in California and around, boy, they see that on TV, and they they just they just go berserk, you know. Right. They're trying to. And, outlaw. Uh, there's some bills. I mean, there's some. There's a little bit of talk of trying to outlaw rodeo in California, isn't there? They did over in the, uh, about a week or two two weeks ago. They passed a bill in Alameda County uh, outlawing it, and they, you couldn't even wear a pair of spurs if you're riding a horse. They'll just arrest you. Um, <laughs> but you know that's the kind of people, and it'll go it'll go from Alameda County, which is by San Francisco, right. and it'll go down to L.A. next. You watch. Yeah. Yeah. And that stuff spreads out here like wildfire. Hmm. But anyway, I think I think those guys roping those little calves and tripping those little, little bitty steers are just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, it may be. Ace, if you were starting a Mount Rushmore team ropers, need four four names. Who would you put on it? If, if I was what I, I couldn't hear you okay. there. Uh, starting, going to build a Mount Rushmore of team ropers. Oh yeah, uh-huh. need four names. Who would you put on it? Oh, I would put uh, John Miller. I would put uh, Jimmy Rodriguez. Uh, I would put Leo Camarillo and Gerald Camarillo. Okay. What about Jake and Clay? Jake and Clay, yes, they they came along in a different era, you know. Yes. And, uh, 
But uh, well, I think I think Clay Clay O'Brien is. Uh, I just forgot about Clay. He, I think he's he's probably the best healer I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a tough to do. We we do that with people all the time on here. You know, different events and and most of the time they can name two or three, but it's hard to finish it out. But you 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 he, did your he rattled four right you, off. You did the best anybody as far as coming up the four names the quickest. What about bareback riders? If we we're going to do a Mount Mush, Mount Rushmore of bareback riders, Ace. Oh man, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sonny Terman would be first uh, on my list, and uh, oh, let's see, uh, Gary Tucker, and probably Joe Alexander, and hmm, the the fourth one. I don't know. That that'd be a big toss up. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of guys that rode really good. Jim Houston, did I say Jim? No, you didn't say him. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. That'd be, that, yeah. Most people stumble with this and can't ever come up with four, but you did better than anybody. <laughs> and there's a lot to pick from. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it depends on what, what area. You know, what about Bruce Ford on that? He could go on there. Bruce Ford, yeah. Uh, I can see his big old head on there yeah he, he just, he had, boy that guy could ride good yeah yeah i didn't uh, uh jim shorts he could ride a bareback horse pretty good yeah uh marvin garrett uh, uh i didn't really i shouldn't say i didn't like his style that's just that was the style that he had and he, I mean, he made it work but uh Unlike the guys uh, that rode a little more, uh, sitting up a little bit straighter and and didn't get to hanging over on the side and popping and popping like like a lot of them do now, they're starting to come around a little better and ride, ride them a little more. Uh, like that Jess Pope, that new kid riding. Yeah, he's a beast. Uh, huh? I said he's a good one. He, Yes, he kind of rides old school. You know, he kind of steps up a little straighter, and and uh, yeah, there, there's some good there's some good bareback riders. But what do you think about Rocker Steiner? Uh, I wish you hadn't asked me that. <laughs> well, I guess that says everything we need to know. Yeah. He needs a haircut. I guess is what he's going to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's skip that question. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> you know who's an old school bareback rider that had a long career? Clint Corey. He had kind of an old school style. Oh rider. yes, Clint. Clint was an uh, excellent bareback rider. Yeah. And, uh, you know who was my I favorite had... bareback rider? Uh, uh, Larry Sandvik. He was always my favorite. Even, not a world champion, but he was always my favorite uh, personality well, in the bareback riding. On top of you know just his style. Yeah. Well, uh, that's where we differ. Right there, I would have to say he's the guy that ruined the bareback riding. Okay. He, he he's the one that came up with them high lift rigging that they use now, and locking their hand in there and just hanging on the side and clubbing them with one foot. <laughs> <laughs> Shows you how much I know about bareback riding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, but that's uh, that that's he's the one that changed. Changed all the style right there. Maybe it was just the woolly shaps. I couldn't get. I I, I like those. That's the main thing. I like the woolly yeah. shaps. Yeah. You know, but, I saw some old on YouTube the other day. Cheyenne, I think it was a short going Cheyenne, nineteen sixty one, and 
and just showed the bareback riding it. It just doesn't look anything like what they're doing today. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, well, the style has changed three, four times that I, that I know of. Stuff. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, Buck Rutherford, and, and the guys were bigger. That was one difference. You know, they were, they were bigger guys, but they rode more upright. It, it just didn't even resemble what they're doing today. Yeah, when they're in those rigging that they used in those days, they called them noodles because they were just two pieces of rawhide and, and two pieces of leather. And uh, yeah, we have Buck Rutherford's they, old one back here. It's just leather. There's no rawhide in it whatsoever. I think. Yeah, that's what I'm handle. saying. That's what they call them nowadays, noodles. You right with an old noodle? <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's all changes. And what about most some of the guys? Go ahead. What? I, go, go, ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you about the changes you've seen in the team roping. Holy moly. How would you like to be trying to team rope for a living right now, Jimbo? I wouldn't. Oh, I can't, I can't my throw my rope that far. My rope wasn't even that long. Well, what, what gets me about about the, the tiny events nowadays, they, they've been, I've been in all those big arenas, they, these rodeos, and they have a little bitty short score. And and like you say, they just, they're swinging in the box and throwing as soon as the neck rope comes off. And I don't know why in hell they don't score the cattle out there where the guys have to run down, ride their horse, and run down the middle arena to rope their rope oh, their animal. I know. It. I know. Uh, uh, it makes no sense to me. Well, it's not to me. It's just not good watching. You know, I, I grew up in a steer roping family where you had to get a throw and and uh, yeah, you know, ride your horse a little yeah, bit. Yeah, ride your horse. It just takes to me. It takes the cowboy out of it. You're just throwing your rope. Who can throw the rope the farthest? The one year there at the finals, uh, I was, I think me and Buddy both was watching the score line and in the calf row and this guy, he roped his calf so quick that his horse backed up halfway into the box. Right. And uh, I said, why don't you just put the damn saddle on the fence here <laughs> and everybody just throw off of the saddle. You don't have to ride your horse. Well, Two I, steps. I know it. Calgary the same way that big old arena up there at Calgary you know and they don't it's just almost lap and tap and, and it, yeah. it's just a time contest more than anything else you know you might as well just right. stake him out mm-hmm. and run down the rope in time see who's the fastest well that Calgary has sure changed a lot since I was there last well did you ever win yeah. it win it Ace yes yes I have yeah did I, how big a bonus one, one were they what's that how big was the bonus they were given when you won it Ace how big? How big was the prize? Yes, sir. Uh, I won the first go around, and I think I placed in the second one down the list of ways, and then I won the short round in the average and won four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are getting checks for what a hundred thousand dollars to win each event this year. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, it was the same for all those rodeos. Like Pendleton, I won it twice, and I think the most I, I forty percent of them both times I won Pendleton. Wow! And and won fourteen hundred dollars <laughs> each time. What's it like to ride a bucking horse in Pendleton? The setup there's a little bit different than most most places because on, on a bareback horse, do they take a run on that dirt and then start bucking when they hit the grass, or what? How's that? Well, they're all different. Out? They're all they're all different, you know. But uh, it's 
the, the first year I won it, I, I had in the finals there, I was way in the lead. And uh, I had a, a horse called Necklace, and he was like a four or five time bareback horse of Canada and everywhere. And anyway, and, uh, he started bucking right there and right out of the shoes in the dirt. And about about three jumps in there, and is all I remember because after the whistle blowed, I jerked the rig out of my hand. I hit on the back of my head out there on that grass and did the chicken. I didn't know where I was at for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I said, somebody come up there and I said, "You okay?" And I said, "Did, did I make the whistle?" And they said, "Hell yeah, you made the whistle. You you won the last go around there." <laughs> and I, I didn't even know what the hell went on. <laughs> But I know it's awful hard. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. I it is. It's hard ground out there. I got to tell you a, a Calgary story. One of the first times I went up there, you know, they, they had all their own bucking horses they raised. And sometimes those horses, they would see a man once a year. <laughs> and they, they'd haul them in there and just spray paint a number on them. And uh, Winston Bruce was, was the arena director and I got on six re-rides that one day, and uh, I said, Winston, man, you got anything to buck around here? He said, you just keep nodding your head. <laughs> I said, just keep nodding, nodding your head. And he said, we'll find one in a minute. And the next one, they had to drag me out of the way to shut the gate. He rode up there, and he said, how'd you like that one? <laughs> Where were the toughest Bronx at when you were coming up? Were they up north in the in the in Canada, or were they from the Dakotas, the, or the toughest Bronx riders? Yeah, all the toughest Bronx. Where did they come from back in when you were riding? Well, uh, Harry Vold and those guys up there, uh, they had some awfully, awfully good horses, uh, bucking horses, and they had a lot of them big feather legged you know, crossbred horses, cold blooded, you know, and they were, they were real Bronx, you know, and, and if you got down here in the States, a lot of them were just saddle horses. They, they went to bucking, you know, renegades. What's that? Were they just renegade saddle horses or yeah. From down yeah. Here? Yeah. In fact, you know, a lot of, a lot of times they go to the rodeo and they'd be, some some of the ranchers would bring one in, you know, to try him out and try to sell him, you know. And uh, but up there, I mean, they they had some in in Dakotas, Dakotas too. But uh, up there in Canada, there, I mean, they they damn sure mount you. <laughs> did you ever get a ride in Madison Square Garden? Did I? Yes, sir. Oh no, no, that was way before my time. Gotcha. I never, I never made made the finals till I was twenty years old, sixty seven. I started riding them when I was fifteen, and uh, I rode them rode them for fifteen years. That's a pretty long time, really, for be riding horses. What's the yeah, worst injury probably, you ever rode with? Worst injury? Yes, sir. Oh, I've had them. I had them break my arm while I was riding. And uh, and I've had a few few injuries, but luckily nothing really bad. Did you but keep entering with a broken arm? 
No, no, no. <laughs> I laid it off a year before I started back. But, uh, yeah, it broke right when I was riding. I just so much pressure on it, the big bone just broke. <laughs> Man. I used, to, I used to tape my wrist, and uh, the only reason I taped my wrist is because I tied my glove on real tight, and it, my arm broke right on the tape line. <laughs> that, that was a horrible feeling, I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> what was the funnest rodeo, the rodeo you look forward to entering every year? Well, I'd have to say uh, Pilden, Pilden and Salinas. Because they were, they're like kind of like maybe Cheyenne in there, like um, third, you know, because they were big cowboy rodeos. You know, there wasn't a little pin and all that stuff. You had to go, had to be a little cowboy. <laughs> you had to ride your horse and and uh, pull your hat down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's three big time rodeos right there, Jimbo. For sure, I I, I still like to watch Salinas on TV, you know, and, and Pendleton, you know, because they they kept pretty much. It's not it's changed a little, but they've tried to keep the tradition the best they can and. And it's, it's pretty good watching on TV, I know. Yeah, I've always been interested in those types of rodeos, too, just because they didn't have steer open and we never got to go. And they were they always really interested me, you know, like the, the Salinas Rodeo. Right. What was the rodeo like up there in San Francisco? You know, the, the, Cow, the, Cow, Palace. Palace, the Cow Palace used to be one of the biggest ones out here. Uh, it was a, an awesome rodeo at one time because... It was the last rodeo that counted uh, for the national finals uh, standings. And so all the cowboys would be here, you know. And it, it was really good, but it's, it's nothing now. I don't, I don't even know if they're going to have it again. Really? Yeah, it's just, like I say, it, it's it, San Francisco and L.A., uh, they, they're just, they're getting where they they're not going to have any rodeo events around there. What do you think about the team roping horse market these days? Oh my God. I've been looking for two years trying to replace my old horse and uh, I can't even come close to buying one. I saw one on an auction the other day, bring quarter of a million dollars, Jimbo. Wow. And that's by far not the most expensive one being sold for sure. I think it's common practice, yeah. seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars for a pretty good one now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh hell yeah. Might not can yeah. even get a good one bought for that nowadays. I don't know. Hell, you can't hardly really buy a, a, a prospect around here anymore for less than fifteen, twenty thousand. You know, just not one good enough to go jackpot on. It's pretty crazy. You took. You told me the other night on the phone that your old horse came from here and around this area. You know, yeah, he came from Dewey, right there where I used to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who sold him? The, the the Braden sold that to you, maybe. Well, Tanner uh, Tanner Braden's uh, grandfather, I think, is the one that raised the horse. Yeah, Frank Braden, and 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 Tanner, I think Tanner's the one that broke him. And Tanner and Jake Long uh, used to both ride him, and 
And then I think Tanner sold him to Jake, and Jake hauled him for. Well, Jake told me he he hauled him all through college. He hauled him for five years in his first year out of college, and then uh, and then he sold him back to Tanner, and then Tanner sold him to another kid there in Oklahoma, and then I I bought him uh, when I saw him there. For, he was fifteen then, and he's twenty two this year, and. I just I just roped six steers on him last yesterday morning, and he's still firing on all cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> he's a tough little burger, and God, he's one of the best ones that I can. I can't even find one close to him. I was reading yeah. somewhere uh, that I'm going back to that team time a minute that you guys would sometimes switch horses when you went to team time. What was the thought behind that? I mean, like the horse that was heading before might be a healing the next time or something in the team time. Well, some of those some of those uh, dally horses, you know, they they never get team tied on, so they oh. didn't understand turning out of there, jerking the steer down. You know, they try to keep them straight. I see. And the dally roping, yeah. Who's the first guy you saw really start throwing some rope, not running right up there and uh, taking a good shot? H.P. Evans. He he was a master. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else told us that the other day. I forget who it was. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to rope with H.P. next weekend. <laughs> I think it might have been Bob Scott. I'm not sure. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah, yeah I bet it was, Bob. Yeah. 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 Well, H.P., he had a had a, a real good-looking paint horse. You remember him? He, yeah, I sure. think his dad bought him there in Oklahoma someplace. Yeah. Yeah, he showed up there at the finals on that paint horse. Man, I'm telling you what, he, they won a lot of money. Hey, Ace, when cool. the heck did everyone wisen up and start cutting up some old inner tubes to put on their saddle horn to stop the rope? <laughs> well, they didn't take them long because <laughs> a lot of guys couldn't handle that cotton. But, but the only rodeo that, that had that was uh, Salinas. And they had maybe, well, like I said, I was 13 the first year I went. They probably had it for three more years. And uh, then they then they let them use the, the rubber on the horn from then on. Oh, it was mandatory to use the cotton on the saddle. Horn. Yeah, you could, you could not use any rubber at all. That'd be good if they clean. went back to that there at that one rodeo. I'd like I'd like to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, they wouldn't be ducking off as fast as they are nowadays. <laughs> well, they'd make sure they had a good dally anyway. I don't uh, think it'd bother Corey Pesca, though, on the back end. I think he could do it pretty quick. What do you think yeah. about these healers nowadays, Ace? Holy moly. These guys are they it's pretty incredible. They're pulling off shots that don't even seem humanly possible. Um sometimes. Right. Yeah, it's just getting tougher and tougher every year, and, and like I said before, there's there's a thousand more kids coming up behind them. <laughs> it's going to be just as good, if not better. Yeah, I, I have noticed in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, Jimbo, there's a bunch of young kids coming on like I've never seen before. Their their parents are taking them right out of school, and they're they're taking their roping career real serious at a young age. Right, and a lot of these kids can really rope good. It looks like. Oh sure, oh sure. They they homeschool them now, and that's all they do is rope. Yeah, 
Yep, there's don't get in a game of pig with some of these kids, Jimbo. I learned I learned my lesson. <laughs> well, you know, now nowadays they have so many aids to help them with the videos and and all the 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 schools that the people have, you know, and the, and all these open dummies, you know, that they can pull around on a sled or whatever. Yeah, I thought that I, I really thought that a lot of these training aids were a bunch of baloney when I first started seeing them for some reason, Jimbo. Mm-hmm. But I'll be darned, they're really good. They're really good to learn the rope. They're really good to train a horse on to get one started. You can cut a lot of corners pretty quick on them. Yeah. I'll be dang, they were a lot better than I would have ever anticipated, especially the ones they got now. Uh-huh. You, know, yeah. you can just scroll through YouTube right now in the little video somebody will be – swinging a rope and telling you where to put your tip and where your elbow needs to be. I mean, you know, it, it's just totally mm-hmm. different, the, the information right. out there now. You know, there's a guy, one of the best horn ropers I've ever seen, JoJo Lamond, and that guy can rope from real close. or he, mm-hmm. any, Anywhere he just decides to get good and ready to rope him, it seems like he can and will rope him every time. Uh-huh. There's so many great ropers out there now. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes, there's... There is. It looks like a pretty tough way to make a living to me. <laughs> <laughs> if you got a good supply of good horses and maybe you're just uh, getting a, a good horse or two going every year and selling him, that might be the way to go. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'd be pretty hard to keep them going the way they rope nowadays. Yeah. Duck it off. Yeah, <laughs> surely, surely they got to go back and practice on them the right way every now and then just to keep them, just to keep them uh, getting a throw. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, that's why I'd like to see them move that score out there and make them ride their horse up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely – it's all good watching, but definitely when you up the horsemanship and the roping and the uh, the the skill of the roping a little bit, it's definitely even better watching for sure. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, so, what do you think about these Cowboys now that actually have big fan followings with the Cowboy Channel and – and things like that. It looks like it might be getting better for the rodeo cowboy than it than it was in the early earlier days with the sponsorships. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah, it's it's unbelievable, uh, and I'm I'm glad for them. You know, I mean that's compared to all the other sports, uh, they're still way behind. Sure, but uh, it, it's getting better all the time for them. Well, it looks like the bull riders are lead, leading the charge on all the bull rodeos behalf in the. At least one one event's getting pretty big anyway. Yeah, yeah, that PBR is a game changer. That's a pretty a pretty small wind, window to make a living right there. <laughs> that bull ride. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Looks like a guy can team rope for quite a while now. If they don't move your number, where you couldn't rope with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jimbo, you got anything else for Ace today? Well, we just golly, want to sure thank him for coming on. You know. Uh, and helping us keep this old history alive. That's all. That's what we're all about here at the uh, Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum and in these podcasts because uh, you guys pay the way for the guys that are uh, reaping the benefits now on the Cowboy Channel and all that. And, and uh, we just really appreciate you uh, helping us uh, tell these old stories. And, and uh, I'm sure people that will hear that podcast will really uh, appreciate you too, Ace and uh we still think well, we, we, still, we still claim you as an Oki too. I think I told you that, but you're still Oki. <laughs> okay, well, uh, like thank you guys for, sure. for having me. Yeah. Hey, Ace, how many other people made the bareback riding finals and a timed event 
in the finals? Uh, Anybody? You know, I know uh, one kid, uh, he didn't do it the same year. He did it different years. Uh, was Gary Hempstead out here in California. Okay. He, he made the bareback run one year, and, and then he roped in the team roped in there one year with Joe Murray, I think it was. I'm not sure. So does you and one other person's ever done that? Nobody the same year but you? Yep. Uh, not that I know. I, I don't think so. Nobody's won no. the average. That's just incredible to me. That's incredible to me. So. Yeah. Well, Mr. Barry, we sure appreciate you coming on today, taking time out of your busy day on your – 10,000-acre ranch in the middle of California. Who would have thought anything like that even existed nowadays? But and, uh, Well, I wish I wished I owned it, but I don't. I just live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like a great place to live. It is, yeah. There's too many people, like you said. <laughs> well, you ever get back towards Oklahoma, come see us. I sure will. And thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. It's been a privilege. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, Ace. You bet. Bye. All right, Jimbo. That was a good one. Oh, a great one. What a guy. Oh, just what a career. What a career. What a nice guy. Holy moly. I think that's going to surprise a lot of people because um, as great as Rocker Steiner is now, I don't see him making the team open national finals anytime soon. No. No. Or Jesse Pope or any of those guys. Anybody. Anybody. And to win the average. And then to win the average twice. It's, just, it's an unbelievable event. story to me. He must be one heck of a cowboy. Got to be. One, one of the best time, ever. All made. time greats. Got to be. For sure. All right, everyone. It's been another great episode. See y'all next week. Old stories like long lost friends. Rodeos and late night bends. History before our time Round pens and pasture rides Cowboys of the Osage